ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to This Is Not A Film, the podcast where we look at films through a whole new lens. My name is David Spencer, and with me this week is a bunch of different people. Um, so yeah, for right now, it's just me. This is definitely going to be a very different episode. I know we were expecting to do Primer this week, but we had some difficulties with that, and unfortunately is not going to be released. But instead... I'm going to give you guys my LA Podfest special. So this is going to be a very different episode than what we normally do for any new listeners out there. This is audio that I collected at the LA Podfest that happened in LA about 2 months ago where I interviewed different uh different other podcasters and I wanted to talk about what their favorite movie was and why and and get a sense of what these different movies meant to different people. And yeah, um, so yeah, I'll go ahead and just play that audio. I know it's two months late on releasing this, but better late than never. I uh, hope you enjoy the episode, and I'll be back at the end. executive producer of Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast. And we uh, feature clips from other people's comedy podcasts. Right on, right on. It's sort of a way to give listeners a chance to find out, sort of like a Whitman sampler, if you will, yeah. Yeah. of comedy podcasts. Because comedy comes in every shape and size. Well, and it's great because, you know, with... There, it's getting to a point where there are a lot of podcasts. And how do you find more shows? And this is a perfect format. It is, because I'm out there literally looking for the new shows. Right on. Uh, so people can find... And every time a comedian... It, it's become sort of the bastion of stand-up comedians that have nothing else to do as an outlet. Yeah. Uh, Gilbert Godfrey just started his a few months ago. And so I was one of the first people to let people know that Gilbert has a show out there. There you go. Uh, I'm also a reviewer for Splitsider.com. There's a weekly column there called This Week in Comedy Podcast, and there's about five or six different people that review shows. Uh, we do one-paragraph reviews of different shows. So I do that, and then I shave mine off, and I also publish it on Huffington Post once a week. Wow. Thank you so much for uh, Welcome to This Is Not a Film. I'm, so one thing I'm doing with everybody I get on here, I'm going to ask you two questions. Don't overthink the first one because it's not the important one, but what is your favorite movie? Oh, it's a mad, 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 mad world. Mad, uh, I still haven't seen that one yet. I That's one of those, like, I feel ashamed that I haven't, because I hear it talked about all the time. It's not a great movie, but it's my favorite film. So, and that's my second question, is why is that one your favorite movie? Well, first of all, the casting is amazing. The movie was made in, I believe, 1962 mm-hmm. by Stanley Donnan, and has... So many iconic comedians in both major roles and cameo appearances that it blows your mind, uh, or it would blow your mind. You're, you may be too young to recognize, literally, probably two-thirds of the faces on film. Which which is unfortunate, but... Uh... It, it is, but it's also a voyage of discovery. Exactly. If you read the credits, you will recognize their names. You just exactly. may not know their faces. Yeah. I mean, there's people like Jack Benny does literally a one-line pass-through. Jerry Lewis doesn't 
a non-voiced cameo. <laughs> and see, that's one of those things like Jerry Lewis, my first exposure to him was Martin Scorsese's King of Comedy, where he's okay. not actually being, I don't know if you've seen that one, Absolutely. but uh, he's not being funny. It's, it's a dramatic role in a dramatic film. <laughs> and yet he was one of my first early co comedic influences because of his appearances in old black and white movies. And so is that what, what you really latch on to with that film, is that it's, it's love for comedians and comedy? I think that's that that was sort of the beginning of it, but I've seen the movie over 30 times, uh, and it's a long ass movie. Um, it's it's like three and a half hours. They haven't. There's an intermission even in the video release <laughs> of the film. There's an intermission, um, but there's there's more of. Like I said, it's not a great movie. It's a silly caper film. Um, but it's I'm also a screenwriter. And so there's a give and take between the performers that happens because a lot of these comics know each other or knew each other off screen. And you can see some of the rivalries that you find about that you find out later that these comics had with each other. They're sort of subtextual in some of the scenes that you watch. Um, and there's also just an element of pure fun to it. It's like it was the first time somebody said, let's get a bunch of comics together and see if we can make a fun movie. And that's what it is. It's not a great movie, but it's a really fun film. Right on. And and that's and that's really because uh, my my whole theory with films and people's favorite films is that that people latch on to certain films because it says something to them because because there's something in it that that means something to them that and and uh, and I I'm having a hard time talking much about Mad Mad World because I haven't seen it yet I wish now I'm probably gonna go try to Netflix it tonight but uh, but but why um, the is the the comedy and the comedians and that entering into that world is that really what you latch on seeing the part the behind that, the scenes part of, part of that part of that is seeing all these comedians that, there's so many different styles of comedy and yeah. these comedians across the board represent so many of them yeah and yet to put them all into one vehicle where they're all sort of forced to tell this story together <laughs> is really an interesting study in. How do these comics sublimate their core personalities into these characters yeah. they're playing? Yeah. You know? Well, I guess that kind of ties into your podcast. I mean, you're taking comedy from all different sources. Very true. See, now I didn't, I didn't see you that didn't connection, connect that. and but, yet you're absolutely right. But it is. I mean, you're. That's what you're doing. Is you're you're taking different types of comedy because even in the idea of comedy podcasts, there's so many different styles and so many ways you can do that, and so many personalities. Absolutely. That's why there's so many of them out there. I mean, absolutely. And and, uh, and what you're doing with your show is kind of highlighting different styles, different types, and bringing it into one format. No, very much so. There's a, a direct connection between those two things, I think, yeah. Succotash, and it's a mad, 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 mad world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, great. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Thanks again so much. Sure, um, people can find us at SuccotashShow.com if they want to find our home site. Of course, we're on iTunes. Who isn't? <laughs> we're on Stitcher. We're on SoundCloud. There's a Facebook page. We're at Succotash Show on Twitter. Uh, so, and the reason I put give all those things is not so much that people will listen to our show, but if somebody has a favorite comedy podcast and they want to let us know about it, we'll be happy to go out and find a three to five minute clip and feature it on the show and tell people about it. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much. All right, David. And, good luck uh, yeah. with your own show. Yeah, absolutely. And enjoy the fest. You too. Take care. All right. So I am uh, here at the PodFest with... 
Josh Richmond. How's it going, guys? I'm a podcaster. I've done. Uh, I, I host a show called Accept the Mystery. It's a podcast dedicated to the films of the Coen Brothers. Yeah, you were talking I've, about this. And I was telling you about this on Friday. It it sounds it sounds really good. I'm excited. I haven't been able to check it out yet, but I'm excited. Well, it, it was like less than 24 hours ago that I told you about it. It's and true. The it's true. The whole it's time. true. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to hold it over your head. Um. <laughs> what, what was that? The name of it again? It's called Accept the Mystery. Accept the Mystery. Yep. It's a reference to the film A Serious Man. If you haven't seen that film. Already. I. It's one of my Coen Brothers blind spots. So. Uh, yeah. I've seen. I can. I consider that one. That's that's the keystone to their entire filmography. Really? You, you watch that and it's. You understand. Really? You understand everything about the movies. Oh, yeah. I gotta check that out. Yeah. Um, one of my good friends actually, who was on the first episode of this, his favorite Coen Brothers movie was Hudsucker Proxy, that's which a lot is of people's one favorites. like I. You, but I. I don't hear that ever. In fact, I had never heard of it until like we sat down. I was like, No, you gotta watch this movie. When he like, started. This when is hilarious. When he started finding guests for this show, like looking around trying to find yeah. guests and asking my friends the one request I kept getting is hey can I do Hudsucker Proxy yeah that more than any other film it's, it's, weird, it's like, one that really resonates with people why it's it's so like do you know why do you think that is that film I I mean if I if I were to take a guess I think it just has to do with the year it came out and the age a lot of my friends are and the age gotcha. pro- like, probably a lot of people you know it's one of those it's I think a lot of people's kind of um, at least my age formative movie going experience gotcha um, it's and it, it's it's also just it's a fun movie it's yeah. so fast paced it's so manic you know Tim Robbins Jennifer Jason Lee is doing such fun stuff and on the whole own. the whole circle hula hoop joke is incredible <laughs> it's such it's just one of the best like set up throughout the whole movie jokes I've ever seen. It's so, how he's always pointing to the circle and they're like, oh, this actually is brilliant. But one that was that was ruined if you decided to see it in theaters the year it came out. Oh, because really? Because the, the poster for Hudsucker Proxy is Tim Robbins. Oh, I have it, seen that. Right? I have so seen that. So if, if you were drawn in by the poster, you're like, I already know what the circle is. See, I went in <laughs> totally blind, and that's one of those movies, like, not knowing anything about it. It's the best way to see it, especially yeah. for the, I mean, spoiler alert, but for the end, like, that comes out of nowhere, out of, that bit of magical yeah, realism. A, a literal deus ex machina. Absolutely. Uh, but, um... You know, you hear the you hear the words Hudsucker Proxy, and you think, oh, this is gonna be some like Tom Clancy thriller yeah. or something. So you're totally surprised when you come in. It's just this fun it's, kind of uh, the kind of period comedy. It's such a such a weird movie, but I guess in the sense that it is so weird, that makes it perfect. Coen Brothers. Yeah. Oh yeah. They always gotta have a twist. They always gotta have some some. Absolutely. Yeah. So one thing I'm uh, doing today is uh, ever bringing on different people and asking. I'm gonna ask you two questions. And the Alrighty. first one is, what's your favorite movie? Um. Well, now, I mean, so you don't have to overthink it because this isn't the important one. Like, even if it's not your favorite favorite, but a movie you love. Can I give you a top five? Sure, give me All a right. top five. I'll give you a top five. Top five films. Big Lebowski is awesome. my is my favorite Coen Brothers movie. Amazing, my favorite um, Coen Brothers movie too. Yeah, it's a lot of. I mean, it's just it's got so much. Side note: I just saw Kiss Kiss Bang Bang for the first time recently. That movie's like the exact same as a like different style, but if you think about it, like it's about it's a it's a huh. mystery in L.A. focused on weird the weird characters with an, with in an L.A. unconventional detective and I mean, he's, a narrator he's a, that you see facing the camera at the end. Like mm-hmm. it's. I mean, so I mean, stylistically, it's very oh, it's different. way different, but, but it does uh, have a lot of similarities. I mean, they love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang as well. It'll be a great double feature. Uh, somebody to think about next time I rewatch it. I can see, <laughs> I can see a lot of the parallels you're talking about. Anyways, okay. Big Lebowski, Pulp Fiction, uh, The Royal Tenenbaums, of course, Days and Confused, Brazil. Of wow, it's my top five. That is like a salt. That's like five amazing filmmakers and like their best film. 
Yeah, same. pretty much. Except, except with Link later in Tell Boyhood. Have you seen Boyhood yet? I have seen Boyhood. I, uh, I don't know if I'm ready to declare it his best film. It's absolutely that, really, really good. I mean, good. for me, I saw that. I, I paid Arclight prices to see that three <laughs> times in the theater because I was so obsessed with it. It's it's a movie that you want to live in. Oh, I mean, and, and it's Link, so and good. It's, and Link later specializes in that. I mean, Days of Confused is just a classic hangout film. It's like you wish that that's what your high school experience was like, is like that film. Yeah. But... But Boyhood, yeah, you're, it's like you're, yeah, it's, it's an entire adolescence compressed into three hours. It's unbelievable how well, how well it flows and how well it works. So you've got, like, five films in there that are all, like, film school, like, film staples. Like, this is, like, the best of the era. Um, I, I will admit, they're not, they're not, uh, yeah, they're not unique choices. They're choices a lot of other people Which is fine because they're amazing <laughs> movies. Like, I think almost every single one of those is in, at least in my top 100, if not my top 20. Yeah, um, but, I, but I think to me, at least, what holds those films together, except maybe Brazil. Brazil is in kind of its own weird category, but they're film movies that you want to spend time with these characters, and it's a pleasure to just return yeah. to these worlds, and they're such well-defined worlds, and you're like, uh, it's just great to spend time with, with, with Royal Tenenbaum and Gene Hackman's oh, performance was, together. Uh, or, or, yeah, or I love that movie. So, well, with Brazil, you said that's kind of the outlier. So <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll go ahead because what my second question has been is why is it your favorite? Because I've got this theory that the reason people latch on to certain certain movies is because it means something to them, because it says something to their life. And uh, since Brazil seems to be at least a bit of the <laughs> yeah, outlier, that I'm is gonna go ahead and focus on that because one because it's not a film where you're like necessarily exp- excited to spend time with these characters yeah. again. Um, but it's. It's such a it's a unique take on on the world. I mean, I love dystopias in general. Yeah. And it's it's probably a film genre that's been done to death maybe in recent years, but that was just <laughs> I think kind of an early and and perfect example of the way it should be done. Yeah. Um and and it is it is a, a very dark and very cynical take, but I think I think a very a much more realistic take than say like a film like Elysium, which I saw last uh, year. And I'm like, oh god, this yeah. is just boring and and didactic. But <laughs> but Terry Gilliam, you just have this. Uh, I mean, his imagination is so clearly a. Oh, work. absolutely. But also that the script by Tom Stoddard, and I really do think. It's not it's not evil that's that you know that runs the government. It's incompetence and just these layers and layers of bureaucracy, and it's so it's so richly detailed. Well, I think I think uh, all of all the films in your 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 list there kind of point out like they're all looking at some weird darkness in humanity, mm-hmm. and I guess it's a common thing in a lot of great movies. But I mean, yeah. Pulp Fiction especially is one sure. that's all about <laughs> like all these people stuck in like in. Get, getting themselves all tangled up in while entertaining to watch, but really shitty situations. Like, yes. especially, you know, especially Bruce Willis's story. Like, that's all of them. Like, they get they get way over their heads and like, oh, I did not realize how shitty of a turn this is going to take. But you know what? And you know what? This is probably something running through all those films, too. It's, it's confronting the darkness of the world, but confronting it head on and kind of laughing at its face yeah. and finding ways to have fun with it. Yeah. For sure, for for sure, that's there in Pulp Fiction and just, you know, the joy that a lot of these characters are taking, you know, even just, yeah, Jules and Vincent yeah. just in doing this kind of difficult job. Is there a day confused? You're, uh, you know, it's it, in some ways it sucks to be in freshman in high school. In some ways it's the best years of your yeah. life, you know? Or, well, <laughs> and then even, like, Royal Tenenbaums is almost like the, the thing that fascinates me, and that's that's in my top 20 favorite movies. Like, the mm-hmm. thing that fascinates me about that movie is, like, all the characters are recognizing all, like, this crap that's gone on in their, their family. And that movie is, like, them hitting it head on and just, like, well, we can't solve it. Let's right. just move past it. Right. Like, 
Like you can't, you we, can't. We can't. We can't ever go back to the glory years. Exactly. We have to accept that time in our life is over. But now we can. We can. We can cut it off and we can move on. And, and we can, can make be, the best of the rest of our lives. And which is why, like Gene Hackman's divorce, like, is such a great symbol of the conflicts of that movie. It's just like, yes, you gotta move on. Like sometimes you can't solve these issues. You can't fix the fact that your dad didn't pay attention to you as a kid or paid too much right. attention to you as a kid because right. you're not a kid anymore. Right. And you just gotta simply live differently. You deal with the man as it is and you, you make it, you make the best of what life throws at exactly. you. Exactly. That's a, that's a huge part of how I try to live my life. That's, that's probably a huge part of why all these movies are personally meaningful to me. Even, even The Big Lebowski, which we just talked about on my show. You should go and check out the Accept the Mystery episode on that. And it is it is a surreal movie and a silly movie and a, and a very broad comedy in some ways. But it's also about um, this guy who's uh, trying to, you know, the dude has not lived an easy life. He, yeah. Uh, he apparently has been unemployed for some time. His rug has been destroyed. His house has been destroyed. <laughs> his car has been destroyed. And, All and that the and by, to find a And rug. by the very end, one of his best friends dies. Yeah. It's uh, just nothing but hardships for him. But he always, he always comes, comes back to the center and he comes back to, he regulates and he finds a way to, you know, uh, just accept strikes and gutters ups and down make the best of what the world throws at you it's a very kind of Taoist point of view sometimes you eat the bar and, and sometimes, sometimes the bar eats you exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a it's a great film and like especially of how this guy it's it's like and that's why that phrase the dude abides is so meaningful is because he right. just exists like in all of this chaos the dude's still the dude. In a like, way, in a way, no matter what, like in a way, you could say that it's silly that the kind of the cultural cult obsession with the dude and the big big Lebowski fest and everything. But it, and in a, but in a way that that philosophy is is actually kind of deep and meaningful. Yeah, the fact that that no matter all this craziness, all this stuff going on, you still got the dude. You still yeah. got him. Absolutely, be, man. Existing, exactly. and that's exactly. that's a comfort. <laughs> but yeah, no, great. Great topics. Um, yeah, I really, I'm really excited to check out your podcast. I'm excited to check out yours as well. I know Thank that you're you. just, you're just, uh, you're just getting it started. But uh, more power to you. Hey. That's what the LA Podcast Fest is all absolutely, about. Absolutely, absolutely. Maybe, you know, may I'd love. Maybe we'll have to uh, share sometime. I'd love to bring you on sometime. Maybe, man. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Anyways, thanks so much. What's the name of that that Cohen Brothers show again? It's called Accept the Mystery. Please go to acceptthemystery.net and you can find all the episodes. If you want to also just find out more about me. I've done a bunch of other radio stuff and other podcasts too. Check out joshrichmond.net. That's where you can find all of my uh, quote-unquote portfolio of various projects. Sounds wonderful. I'm excited to check it out. Again, thank you so much. Enjoy the fest. Thank you, man. All right, so I am here with Chris Mancini from Comedy Film Nerds. How are you doing? Great to be here. I'm just not sure if you're going to hear me over Todd Glass. I know. He's he's over there in the corner making a ton of noise, and uh, everybody's there watching him. Yeah. And... yeah. Loudly polite. That is true. You know what? You really come on. All right, yeah. See, I just... I just talked to him, and it turns out he Wait, was... I can't hear Todd. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is this is only funny if they're hearing both of these podcasts at the same. We gotta like do some conjoined episode. You guys are recording over on your show, and yeah, disappearance of Eleanor Rigby. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, 
But yeah, no, I was just saying thanks for putting on the podcast. This was uh, the kick in the ass that I needed. I mean, I'm only Excellent. four episodes into this uh, tiny show, but it's great. And it's great to be able to like grab you guys in the hall and say, hey, you want to talk to me for a little Absolutely. bit on my podcast? When did you start? Uh, and we just launched back in September. So we're oh, you're so as of right now, there's four episodes up. But, uh, but no, it's great. It's great. And um, What's the name? So it's This Is Not A Film. I know I'm recording. I'm advertising my podcast on my own podcast, but it's uh, basically the whole whole idea of the the show is we're talking about films about theme and meaning so we're not interested in reviewing movies per se but more about what they say and what they mean and what i'm asking everybody today that i'm bringing on is i want to know um two things what's your favorite movie Mm -hmm. and more importantly why that is an excellent question (laughs) and um as you know as the host of comedy film nerds co-host with graham elwood oh really uh, i um (laughs) i've seen many many films Absolutely. And, uh, you know, all the way from classics to recent films. And the one film that has always stuck with me is The Seventh Seal by Ingmar ah. Bergman. And it's one of those movies that of course. You, you watch it um, different ways. Like, you watch it like just as kind of like a classic movie. Okay, I got it. But then you also watch it as a movie that has all this metaphysical symbolism and, and there's these existential themes and all the way to the point where you know as the knight is playing chess with death and you you wonder like well do you want him to win or do you kind of want him to lose yeah what's the meaning of life and you see the world weariness of uh, Max von Sydow and then now two years from now everybody's only going to know him as oh yeah that guy was in the new Star Wars movie yeah. it's like no yeah. no the seventh seal well, what's man. amazing is it's like he looks like he's 60 years old in that movie and he's 20 he was 28 yeah. in yeah. that movie he had the world weary look in his 20s yeah that's what he's such an amazing actor and it gets all the way to the point where it examines like the meaning of life like when the most powerful scene is for me anyway is when like they're burning a woman that they think is a witch yeah they're punishing her and yeah and he is beseeching upon like god and life and he just he looks around and he's so frustrated he's like i need to know why this is necessary yeah and he's not really talking about burning a witch he's talking about life what, yeah what in life is why is this misery and why is all of this necessary absolutely and it's such an amazing uh film and you know it gets to the point where he's like or is he cheating death is he fighting death is he avoiding death yeah or ultimately at the end of the film is like well he has to accept death yeah as a part of and it's not life. necessarily meaning like i'm gonna die right now right. but just accept that this it's is a thing that it. exists and i can't yes. avoid this yeah so it's an um, it's an amazing film yeah. and it's one that's always stuck with me and it's also one of those movies too that if you watch it out of context and I, I talk about this in our book the comedy film nerd's guide to movies I do like the the classic films and film school classics yeah uh, and I remember watching the movie and my wife came in like about halfway through and all she saw was like a black and white movie and then there was like a funny tavern scene that was like a little bit comic relief yeah. she's like this is one of the best movies ever made. I said okay first of all you're seeing it out of context yeah. you have to watch it at the beginning you have to yeah. realize it's a classic movie then you yeah. have to let these movies wash over you and then they start to sink in. So you yeah. can't just... It's like watching The Matrix and seeing the bullet time thing. Yeah, and only thinking like, oh, this is a cool action yeah, movie. Cool no, action it's so movie. much no, more than this. You know, kind of watch the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and then not watch the sequels. <laughs> but um, 
So that that I think is the movie that's always stuck with me as one yeah. of my favorites. Well, I love I love about that movie that Max von Sydow is uh, like he's carrying all the messages of that film just in his face. Like you can just take so many scenes where he's just wordlessly like looking into nothing, and you could just see the the contemplation of of life. It's that that movie is one of the the truly transcendent like pieces of cinema out there, and the fact that like these questions of of religion, of death, of of you know trying to find any sort of meaning and, and setting it in the middle ages like it does like where it's like the fuck most fucked up part of human history probably and when the church wielded the most power oh exactly yeah exactly and and trying to to discover life through that context like it's uh yeah it's it's fantastic and especially like max von Sydow just he, I, I mean, even if you're not interested in the questions of the meaning of life, which I don't know why I think everybody innately is trying to answer the question of whether or not there is a God and whether or not, you know, our death is actually going to mean something. But but just for Max von Sydow alone is incredible. Yeah, it's a great, great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, thank you so much. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to grab a couple minutes with everybody that I can. Absolutely. But, uh, thanks again for putting on the fest. So this is episode how many? Four? This is, well, I mean, this is probably going to be episode seven or eight so, because whoa. I got a bunch. Well, I've got a bunch in the back. So this is what I did is I recorded a bunch them. of episodes and then start releasing them. So that way I can get used to the format. Exactly. So, you know, don't want to. So that way I can put out every week, even if there's a problem, then. You right. Know, this you always got a few, have a few in reserve. I'm learning. I'm learning. Right. I'm, I'm trying things out out but uh well but david yeah. uh, it's been a pleasure good yeah. luck with the podcast yeah thank you again have a good one thanks no i'm here with Paige branson and jd jackson from level seven access i said all right you got it okay see i have a history with mispronouncing everything i do in my podcast how are you guys doing <laughs> i'm tired. sick very tired <laughs> Yeah, it's like the the festival they've got like emergency and cough drops on the table, which is exactly what everything everybody needs. <laughs> they were very smart to do that, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, the emergency has been a lifesaver. For sure. So one thing I've been doing with this is uh, I'm asking people what their favorite movie is and why, and um, just trying to. I got a theory that, you know, the, the movies that people care about, like, mean something personally to them. So, if, so what's your favorite movie, JD and or Paige, if you have the same favorite movie by happenstance? We probably don't. But <laughs> yeah, I don't think we do. <laughs> like, the first one that comes into my mind is Ghostbusters. Like that's Ghostbusters? Probably, yeah, that's probably my all-time favorite movie. I can watch that, like, every time it's on TV. I can just watch it forever. I have the whole thing practically memorized. Like, I just absolutely love that movie. So why why Ghostbusters? I don't know. Like, it's got comedy. It's got, like, sci-fi, like, supernatural elements. Like, that's what I like in, in most of, like, my other media, whether it's, like, TV shows shows comic books movies it has to be funny and it has to have some sort of like fantastical element to it awesome awesome what about you jd i have more of like a top 10 <laughs> maybe than a top, top one <laughs> uh my default answer is probably scott pilgrim versus the yes. world which i've seen in the theaters more times than any other movie. We Amazing. saw that eight times. Yeah, I think I only saw Avengers seven. Yeah, I saw Avengers six times. Uh, <laughs> Scott Pilgrim, though, I legitimately saw eight times and enjoyed it every single one. It's a, it doesn't get old at all, and it's so. I love the. Uh, 
I don't know. I love the the statements it's making about about culture, about nerd culture, and about that mixed with dating culture and just. Yeah. It's uh, it's like one of the uh, best depictions of this generation there has been on screen. And it's a sweet movie. Yeah. Like, it's not overly cynical. It's not... I mean, and don't get me wrong. I love a dark movie. My number two <laughs> is probably Fight Club. Uh, and American Beauty is up in my top ten. So I like dark movies. But this movie is just so... It's, it's just a sweet, it's a happy, upbeat yeah. movie. Even when there's conflict in it, it's still... Even when there's a lot of stuff going to shit throughout the movie, like, there's... Yeah, like, even towards the end, spoiler alert, uh, <laughs> when you think that he's basically given up and, you know, doesn't want Ramona anymore, which was the main thrust of the movie, you're like, no, but he's learned something, so it's going to work out okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I, you know, it's it's still... It's and a whether or not he does movie. get her, like, that's... I've heard a lot of people complain about... The difference between the movie and the comic and the fact that, you know, he actually ends up with Ramona Flowers in the movie. And a lot of people I've heard dislike that, but but I think really the great thing about the ending in the movie is that it, you get to a point where that's not even what matters. Like, what matters yeah. is he learns something. He's not fighting... I'm not fighting you for her. I'm fighting you for me. Right. And, like, uh, the original ending was he was supposed to end up with knives. Yeah. And I was like, that wouldn't have bothered me either. I didn't give a shit at that point. <laughs> but yeah, as long as long as you had a real character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, all right, I'm gonna go ahead and let you guys go. But thank you so much. Thanks uh, for having us. I'm gonna pass out in the corner. Yeah. Uh, any way that uh, people can reach you, check out Level Seven Access. Uh, in a hospital bed. You can reach. Uh, <laughs> you can find me at JD Jackson on Twitter, and the podcast is at Level Seven Access Pod on Twitter as well. It's a podcast about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and other Marvel TV shows or movies or things. And that's like half of the movies coming out nowadays are Marvel films. Pretty much. Yeah, every single summer. (laughs) And what about you, Paige? Twitter handle? Um, You can find me on Twitter at Paige underscore Branson and on Tumblr at Paige Branson. All right. Thank you guys so much. You guys have a enjoy the rest of the festival. Thanks. So, hi, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. And your name is Will? Yes. Will. Yeah, tell me about yourself, Will. Uh, well, I'm from the Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri. Right on. In middle Missouri. Uh, my first year here. Uh, and uh, I got a podcast called uh, The Scrambled Brains Wordscast. With just scrambled brains, I guess, for sure. Uh, and we, well, actually, I think I don't think you're recording, but uh, it, we basically do reviews and previews and... Uh, views in general right on right on on. general nerd culture nerd culture yeah right on so um i want to ask because uh what is your favorite film and i'm gonna ask you two questions and that's not the important one okay well i really struggle but i guess historically i would say rushmore rushmore oh that's great what did you think of wes anderson's latest film i haven't seen it yet oh it was so good yeah where i'm from I, we don't we don't get those our house <laughs> yeah. films I mean I could I could have gone it, it's about 90 minutes to yeah. the town where there's a theater there ah uh, yeah and I just didn't I feel your pain I grew up in Alaska where uh, we really didn't get any of those stuff so uh, but uh but yeah what what I am really interested in I have this this theory about that about the films people love that it's not just I mean Rushmore obviously well-made film 
uh, great acting, great dialogue, great direction. Um, but there's a lot of movies like that. Why? Why is that one your favorite? What is it about Rushmore that that really gets you? Well, you know, it probably is, it's more of a personal connection. It's probably the time that I saw it, you know, uh, a little bit of nostalgia. But I also, I think it's just, it's almost like perfectly crafted, you know, like yeah. visually, the writing, the performances, you know, I th it just feels, I, there's something just so great about it. Uh, but also, you know, and, and uh, the uh, the whole uh, lovelorn, uh, the absurd competition between the characters. Yeah. Like well, it's it's such a weird thing because it's uh, it's it's taking that father son story and doing something entirely different with it because yeah. you see that yeah. that mentor mentee relationship movie like that's one of the the core themes of so many different movies because it's such a visceral thing about how much we care about our father but that one like turns it, it it's taken the Oedipal complex in a whole different way like it's it's uh it's attacking the the idea of of I don't know it's 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 bringing in competition in such a really interesting lens yeah right um you know what I don't think I've ever thought about it in terms of an Oedipal complex it totally is though makes sense. it yeah. is because because I mean here's here's Rushmore I don't remember if the character had a father I don't remember it even yes. paying any service to his parents right Max you mean the yeah Max yeah. Uh, sorry Rushmore's a school I it's been a while since I've yeah. seen it um but yeah, yeah. Well, his dad was the barber who he he had a few small parts. It was Seymour Cassell, actually. You know, who's you know great uh, uh, worked with uh, Cassavetes and stuff. Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, and he referred to him. Uh, basically, he kind of pretended like it wasn't his dad for most of the movie. So that kind of feeds into the idea yeah. As well, uh, he said he was a brain surgeon, and uh, when it is what he told uh, Matt, uh, Herman Bloom, uh, Bill Murray's character. Yeah. Uh, and kind of maintain that until yeah, the very and end when he kind of gave up when Herman he let Rosemary and Herman go basically yeah and kind of owned his dad so I mean really I'm really coming on board with this Oedipus uh, well it, it, it is and it's and it's really kind of accepting I mean that's one of the amazing things with that film especially if you're seeing it at a really young age like I think I I didn't see it until I was I mean, 18 or 19, and uh, but especially for for somebody who is who is, you know, preteen or early teenage years, who's still trying to figure out who they are and wanting to try everything, because that's that's Max's big problem in that film is is you know finding something to latch on to, finding your sense of identity, and uh, and then it getting so threatened by by a force like Bill Murray, because how can you ever stand against Bill Murray? <laughs> but it, it, I think it, it's really cool to be like, it, it, it does such a great job of encapsulating that struggle for, for placement, for, for knowing who you are in this world. Even if you are as talented as that kid is, I mean, as talented of a playwright and stage director as he was. Yeah, well, and not to uh, imply that I'm as talented as all that, but I definitely, I've struggled, with, I mean, I think I relate to that character quite a bit, too. That's probably a big reason why I love the movie. Yeah, that, that struggle of, like, I know I've got something here, I know I'm not, like, I've got some bit of talent, but I don't know how to use it, I don't know where to place it. Yeah. Right, right. and um, also, I thought of another reason that I love the film, uh, 
all the the subtle Matt is a or Matt Max. Uh, Matt is actually one of my co-hosts. He's bleeding over into the I'm channeling. Uh, he's a lover of film, and he actually he you know steals you know like Serpico, uh, make uh, Godfather references. Um, there's all these like perfect little like references to great yeah. film sprinkled throughout. Um, I just it feels it was like so perfectly done. It's like yeah. what a kid would do if he's writing a script. He's like, well, I love this movie. I'll just like yeah. this character is basically, you know, uh, I can't remember the guy. The I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it does feed into that question of you know trying to discover who you are because that's especially in the modern era like we want to base ourselves off of our heroes off of the yeah. movies we love and we'll we try to use that as a jumping off point yeah. and especially and again it's it's just such perfect ha- casting to have at the time to have an unknown as um uh, holy cow how am I blanking on the name um, uh, Jason Schwartzman yeah Jason Schwartzman ha, man brain fart um uh, but to have an unknown as he was at the time up against um, Bill Murray, who is one of the most famous actors ever, and it does feed into that question of you know discovering, you know trying to find your place when you've got such this big force that's against you and and isn't really fully against you. And as he you know discovers, there's there's a lot more similarities between them than differences, and and you can get that help from. From, but yeah, that, it's a great film, great yeah. choice. Oh, thank you. So, so uh, tell tell me a little bit more about your show and how people can find it. Okay. Well, again, it's the Scramble Brains Wordscast. Uh, the uh, it's at scramblebrainscast.com. Uh, like I said, we we do, you know, we talk about you know current movies that are coming out. We talk about rumors about things that are coming you know down the line. Comic books, you know, history of character. You know, that's probably my one of my favorite things about the show. Like, one of our guys, we have three hosts. It's me, uh, Matt, and Nick. And, uh, like, Nick is the comic book nerd. You know, you like any obscure character you can think of, and he, he knows, like, the complete backstory and how they, like, interface with the rest of the universe. And then Matt is kind of like Star Wars, more sci-fi, fantasy, Power Rangers, stuff like that. Uh, and then I'm kind of more tech in movies. and uh, Right on. And, and I'm kind of more a producer now. I'm kind of backing out of the show slowly. <laughs> sounds good sounds good well thank you so much will um hope you enjoy the fest yeah thank you yeah appreciate it all right well i am here with mr graham elwood hello thank you so much it's uh i i do want to say thanks for putting on this festival and giving me the kick in the ass that i needed to actually launch a podcast you're launching it here no i i launched it like a month ago because i was like it'd be really stupid to be going to a festival and talking about my podcast that doesn't exist yet so uh <laughs> Uh, absolutely. I'm glad you're here. We're in the Squarespace lab. <clears throat> I'm glad this is awesome. Have you been getting good interviews? Yeah, no, it's great. I got uh, Todd Glass yesterday, and uh, it's funny because he happens to know a childhood friend of mine what? up in nowhere, Alaska. Oh, but that's great. Just, you know, small world. But uh, I also feel a little out of place because my podcast is not comedy. We're a high-minded film discussion. And, Let's do uh, it. What I'm doing is I'm, I'm trying to grab people and ask them two questions. One, what's your favorite movie? And more importantly, why? Okay. You know, I get asked this question a lot, Avi, because <laughs> I run Comedy Film Nerds. And so... I wrote a whole book about it. I wrote a whole, sure, a whole book. I'm sure somebody's asked you your favorite question before. <laughs> it's good. So it's always hard for me to narrow it down to just one because I, you know... Even in the book, we have the top 10 of every genre that's in there. So um, 
I think it's here's one of my things that I do like saying. <laughs> one of my favorite movies. Um, I love referring to this one. It's called The Gray Fox. I have not heard of this. And when did this come out? It came out in the '80s, and it's with uh, Richard Farnsworth, who plays. He was a stagecoach robber in the late 1800s, and he gets he gets put in jail for like 25, 30 years. He comes out. He's an older man. The Industrial Revolution has happened now, and he's trying to make it into society. He doesn't like. How do I do this? And he then goes, "Well, I got to start." robbing trains so <clears throat> it's beautifully shot and I, I don't have if i had my imdb in front of me i could tell you exactly i always forget <laughs> the director but he um he and also it's kind of this love story it's shot in british columbia it is a gorgeous gorgeous movie and the thing that i like about it is <clears throat> richard farnsworth um it's a starring role for him yeah and it was in the 80s. You know, he was the, he was great in The Natural as, like, one of the assistant coaches. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And he's got some great lines in The Natural, which is, a, I could also say that's one of my favorite movies. But, you know, because in The Natural, he's like, I can't spell it, but it eats pretty good, you know, when he's having, <laughs> when he's having dinner with, um, with, absolutely. Robert, with Robert Redford. So I think... Um, I'm, I'm I'm getting on you know I'm getting on. Um, uh, well, it sounds it sounds like it's a really interesting way to view the industrial revolution and like even just the rise of technology, like to to because we always think about how it affects different industries, but you, how it affects the industry of of crime and of robbery. That's not a, well. It's no. it's the director is is uh, the writer was John Hunter, the director was Philip Borsos, um, and it. He, he does Far From Home. He did a lot of sort of classic films. He did The Mean Season. Um, so yeah, this is the thing about that film that I recommend to people. Mm -hmm. It's one of those amazing movies. It's beautifully shot. So I would try to watch it on the biggest screen you possibly Absolutely. could. And you get to see Richard Farnsworth and all of his, he was such a, an amazing, he had such subtlety to his acting. Mm -hmm. And he also just had one of those faces that just was like yeah. a character's face. And it's him trying to cope. It is, it is like you said, like it's showing how the West and was dealing with the industrial revolution Yeah, and, and how like, I mean, and it is relatable to today in the sense that, you know, of course today, like every, every six seconds, there's a brand new slit. Yeah. And the world is changing constantly. Right. Like my, my, my parents are in their seventies and they're just <laughs> like, huh, what? How does this work? And so think about if somebody was gone for the last 30 years yeah. and then came back yeah. and was like, uh, how, the, how does this work? And yeah. it's just, there's just some beautiful panoramic shots too of British Columbia because these trains and the mountains and stuff like that. There's some wonderful scenes when he's, he's out of prison. This is one of my favorite scenes in all of cinema <laughs> is he did this thing where he used to when he would he would grab the gun on the side or, or tilt it to uh, holding it side so basically it was parallel yeah and then when he would cock it it would he would pull it up standing upright or or facing upright so that was his trademark because he had a name he was this, yeah. I forget the name of it but he's the something bandit or whatever so he gets out of prison and he's trying to make it the society and it is also it is also a, a, a relatable relatable story to today of we always like we're gonna send him to prison yeah and then they come out they can't get a job 
because they're a felon. They have no skills. Yeah. They and so they got to go back into what, it. What else are they going to do? Their, that's all their <laughs> knowledge. That's, that's their, that's their, that's how yeah. we train them how to do yeah. that. So he goes to a, like an antique store and sees like an old, one of those old, you know, six guns from the West. Yeah. And he's just like debating. Your, that's It's the scene where he decides like, I'm going back to crime. Yeah. And he's like, can I just under the counter, can I just see that gun? They pull out like one of those old, whatever, Colt 45. And he grabs it and he does the thing where he grabs it, holds it on its side and then, and then cocks it as he's turning it upright. And this little smile comes over his face and the music kind of like, neen, like, <laughs> like tinkles in and you're like, oh shit, it's game <laughs> on. Like he's going to start robbing something. Yeah. And it's um, it's 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 classic. Uh, it's a beautiful film. Yeah. And classic. Cinema. Is there is there something in that movie that that speaks to you personally? That's something like something about my life and something about this character. Like it. I've always wanted to rob trains. <laughs> um, so uh, no, well, it, it speaks to me in in terms of it wasn't like oh man, I remember when I was in prison. Yeah. So it, it doesn't have that like directly relatable. Absolutely, but, but there's what, there's still something. There is there. something in there just of somebody who is like, what do I do? Yeah. Society is doing all this. It's all society is all going like this, this yeah. one direction, and how do I fit into this? Yeah. And how do I make peace with this? And also kind of like making peace with, well, this is who I am, mm -hmm. you know, and, and this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. This, and honestly, this is what makes me happy. So it relates to me in the sense of like, you know, I've been a stand-up comic since I was 18 and it's a thing that's, that's, that's tough. Like if you listen to episode 233 of Family Film <laughs> with Kira Zoltanovich, she starts making, we go into this whole thing about my dating life and why I don't have, because her and Chris Mancini are both married with kids and they're like, Graham, why don't you? And I'm like, it's hard being a road comedian because like serious relationship and marriage and all thing is kind of set up for yeah nine for to stability. five. Yeah, it's set up for stability. For the fact that you can go home every night. And, right. Yeah. And I don't have that life. And I chose to not have that life. But then sometimes it makes you sort of isolated or makes yeah. you feel like you don't fit in or there's a few people that... And you have to figure out like how to... How do I make this work? Yeah. And the answer is to go to a thrift stop and buy a gun. <laughs> well, or the answer for you was to take on this whole new technology right. of podcasting and and develop something mm -hmm. new and exciting that... Well, that's, that's, actually, that's, a great, that's a great analogy because, you know, you get into show business and... You know, as many of these, my comedian peers who have shows have talked about, is you're so such at the mercy of Hollywood, and you have to do yeah. this, and you're, you're always chasing these trends. Well, well, now the the networks are only buying shows about this, and you got to okay, and you got to go back yeah. to your computer and whip up some fucking treatment in six yeah. weeks, and and now it's like, um, now it's like, well, no. Mm -hmm. I know how to be funny and entertaining and I'm going to jump on this new technology that a lot of people are like, meh, what is it? It's for nerds or it doesn't work. And, and to embrace it and to like, let's see where this goes. And learning how to rob trains instead of stage. Exactly. It's a different thing. You got, you got to have a faster horse. Absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank it was you, great man. talking to you. All right, uh, Graham Elwood. Thanks again. Thanks Enjoy for coming to PodFest. All right, guys. So I am here with uh, Dan Delgado of the Radio Dan Show. 
Radio Dan. How yes, you sir. Doing? I'm doing fine. How about yourself there, I'm, David I'm, W. Spencer? <laughs> I'm doing great. See, I try to, like, I put the W in written form, like, on the cards and the social media. But right. But it's weird to, like, say it. Like, David, the W is just such a long letter. It is a long letter. It, all right, what does it stand for? William? Huh? It stands for Wayne. Wayne. I always joke it's the last name of a cowboy and the last name of a superhero. Not bad. It's John Wayne, Bruce Wayne, Wayne's right. World. <laughs> if that's where you got to go, then that's where you got to go. <laughs> See, my middle initial is also W. It's oh. nowhere near as cool as Wayne. Oh. It's Wilfred. Wilfred? Yeah, it's a, you know, for the longest time, I wouldn't even tell anybody what it was. See, yes. I was always, like, embarrassed by my middle name because it sounded like such a weird – like, Wayne is such a – like, the A – it's such a weird-sounding name until right, I realized sure. Batman and John Wayne. And I'm like, okay, no, well, now it's cool. – Hey, you're rolling with those two guys. I mean <laughs> – Exactly. Yeah, John Wayne's real name was Marion, so you could see why he would abandon such no, a thing. See, I almost tried mm-hmm. to use my middle name and pretend it was my last name, but that's the guy who directed Wet Hot American Summer, David Wayne. <laughs> well, it's spelled different. It is, but yeah, you, you you would have to always do that. No. Yes. a little bit of a little bit of confusion. Yes, like, no, ha- not uh, that David Wayne. Well, I'm sure you two will get brought up and confused. Oh, anyway. absolutely. So. I mean, it's like it's like Steve McQueen and Steve McQueen. <laughs> How does uh, that boggles my mind? That director Steve McQueen. And it's just like yeah, that's it. That's it. I'm Steve McQueen. And they're two totally different guys. Two diff- completely different, different eras, different everything. Steve McQueen. Yep. Somebody needed. Why aren't you Stephen? Can't we just go with Stephen? Avoid confusion. Stephen McQueen. Nah. Yes. There's already a Steve McQueen. Yeah. He's kind of an iconic guy. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, absolutely. Golden Great Escape. Come on. Right. Exactly. I know. Change the name. Put it. Put it a middle initial. He's got to have one. Exactly. Yes. So, so one thing I'm doing uh, today, I'm trying to interview different podcasters, and I want to ask you what your favorite movie is. Uh, you know, I wonder. Let me ask you a question. Do you okay. ever have people who tell you that they don't have one? Like, oh, oh I have too time. many. Like, if that's got to be the standard. And then I just go, well, right. name one. What is one that you absolutely love? Because uh, I always say I've got two questions, and the what your favorite movie is, that's not the important question I want to ask. Aha. Uh-huh. So. What's so even if not your favorite favorite, but a movie that you love? All right, so so a movie that I always say is my favorite is Let It Ride. Is Let It Rock? Let It Ride. Oh, Let It Ride. Let It Ride right. with Richard Dreyfuss. Right. Yeah. Nineteen eighty nine. A little bit about this yesterday. Sure. Um, and why though? Why is this your favorite film? It is. Uh, it's it's a goofy comedy from nineteen eighty nine that uh, nobody saw when it first came out. <laughs> I did. And I haven't seen or heard of it since, so it doesn't sound like it's right. It's Jaws or something. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, no classic. I. I I'm pretty sure that it debuted at like number twelve at the box office. <laughs> like it didn't come out in the top ten. Same weekend that Uncle Buck and <laughs> Casualties of War was released. <laughs> but uh, Let It Ride is my favorite movie because it's it's very funny. It's got a lot of quirky characters that populate the movie. Uh, I, I enjoy the story. The camera work in the film. All right, it's directed by a guy named Joe Pitka. Joe Pitka is mainly known for commercials. And he's directed one other movie. It's a classic called Space Jam. <laughs> yes, exactly. So th- th- that's what we're talking about here. And I'll tell you, there's just something about the way that movie comes together that uh, it, it always makes me smile every time I see it. I used to carry it. I don't have it on this cell phone, but on every other cell phone, I've always had a copy of it. Wow. Yeah. Just, just so you could pick up and just, watch. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I've got nothing to do. I've got a, you know, a hour and forty to kill or whatever it is. There you go. So why, why that movie? I mean, there's a lot of funny movies out there, but why, why is it that one that you've latched onto? It's a movie about a guy who is a gambler 
who is trying to not gamble. At the beginning, he's he's quit gambling. I'm not gonna do it. And he's a cab driver, and he gets a he overhears. Or actually, a friend of his overhears a tip about a horse. Listen, this horse is gonna win. It's some guy talking to another guy. This horse is gonna win. You gotta go and bet it heavy. You can't lose. And so now he's got this moral issue about doing this. And there's something about gambling that I always find fascinating. I you got I, a big gambling addiction. I, I do. You know what? I really don't. And I'll tell you, <laughs> I, only, the only reason I don't is because I'm really cheap. As soon as I start losing, it's no fun. Yeah. I will do it on occasion. Absolutely. No, it's that it's that thrill. It's that fun. Absolutely. Yes, yes. And there's something about people who don't have that in them where they're just yes, I will abandon it all and just go for it. Yeah. That uh, I I kind of wish that I had that. You know. Oh, really. Yeah. Abs- I wish I had it. I wish I had more of it than than I do. You know. Uh, Robert Evans said that uh, in order to be a, a good producer, you need to have a gambler's guts. You know, like just that idea of going for it. And so here's this guy who's just he, he's just uh, gotten back with his wife, who he was separated for, from the night before. He's given up gambling the night before, and here is this golden opportunity in front of him. And so, of course, he's he's going to run to the track and do all kinds of insane things. Absolutely. And so it's so. What is it? It's is it is the movie celebrating his decisions at all? Or that's a real good question. <laughs> that is a real good. You know what? It's it's a little it's a little tough because it, it, in a sense, could be an endorsement for that behavior. It could be like, hey, go ahead, gamble it all away. What the? It's going to turn out fine in the end. You know that yeah. very well could be. The guy who wrote the book for it, his name is Jake Cronley, and I talked to him and I asked him that question and he told me about how he met a woman who yelled at him because, how could you write that? You're just advocating gambling. So yeah, that's definitely something that comes across. And it is. It's, I'm not saying the movie does advocate gambling, but, but it certainly doesn't poo-poo it. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like every the hang up with Wolf of Wall Street to bring, like that was a movie that everybody's like, well, you're kind of celebrating this action or are you and it's, yeah, yeah and uh i mean that film does a doesn't draw a perfect black and white line and it, it right yes exactly and it and it reveals things about about that aspect that you know it's more interested in just like discovering things about it than saying black and white this is right and this is wrong it's more about sure. like well let's think about this let's discover it sounds like um let it ride is <laughs> sure little... you know what it, it kind of is although all of the other characters in the movie are degenerate gamblers who are losers <laughs> who are just like they're just like really they hang around in a dirty ug- ugly bar and they're all like a bunch of Damon Runyon-esque type people so you know you, you could look at it as alright well you could be the Richard Driver's character who has this ridiculous string of luck. But there's or ten other guys. There's like are... ten other guys <laughs> who are all just trying to, to feed off him. Yeah. Yeah. At that moment. In fact, in the movie, like once he starts doing well, they all kind of abandon they all don't yeah. like him anymore. And I guess that's like, ah, you're a jerk because you're winning. The, I guess that's one of the things like having guts though, that is something that's that's interesting. Like in the context of gambling it's a little weird, but it is something to something of value, being able to risk things, to be able to try something, to right. be able to, Absolutely. to you know, spend a bunch of money on audio equipment and see if it you goes got anywhere. it. You got it. That's <laughs> right. And just uh, come over to a podcast festival and start talking to strangers or, oh, that's... or people that uh, you know maybe you look up to, and you're like, "All right, I'm going to sit in front of this guy and get on and talk to me and see if I can yeah. mine something out." Oh, of absolutely. It. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a great pick. I haven't seen it, but I'm going to have to check it out. Put it on your list. It's it's going on my Netflix queue. If if it if it is on Netflix, and if it makes you feel better, Bill Hader 
who had this list of 200 comedy movies that every writer should see, it was on his list. Really? So it doesn't get a lot of play, but anytime I see it somewhere, it's like, all right, good. It validates <laughs> my choice a little bit. Oh, I I know exactly what you're saying. Right, like, I've right. got those those obscure movies on my list that it's like nobody else loves this, and then you see somebody love it. Like one of my all-time favorites is this this animated film this weird bizarre animated film called it's such a beautiful day that nobody has ever heard of but it's so good and then whenever i hear somebody mention it i'm like yeah uh, you're on team beautiful day yeah exactly don yeah. Hertzfeld. look it up if you have it I, all right i will <laughs> um but yeah so tell me a little bit about your show how people can find you sure it is a uh, it's an internet radio show it's on uh, monday to thursday at 11 p.m that's eastern so i guess that's eight o'clock pacific so if you're you know it's always great to be on at 8 p.m. Pacific because why would you watch primetime television when you could listen to me talk for an hour? Uh, what I do is I talk about movies and television, whatever else happens to be going on in my life or whatever else I feel like talking about. Uh, people can call in if they want. If you want to call in and call me a jerk, you can. If you want to text in and text me I'm a jerk, that's entirely possible. Um, it's, uh, you can find it at talkradiox.com if you want to listen to it live. But my website is radiodanshow.net. Radiodanshow.net. That's it. You got it. All right. Well, thank you so much. Enjoy the fest. All right. Thank you, David. I am here with Andrew Lindy, host of Nerd's Eye View and Shut Up Leonard. How yes. are you doing? Good. I'm, I'm very excited. I haven't listened to Shut Up Leonard before, but I'm a massive community fan. And that is the best name you could ever have for a community-themed podcast. Yeah, well, uh, it's yeah, it's pretty great. I and and it becomes a running gag on on the show where if we save like another show, we we come up with a shut up whatever the name of the character is on that show. <laughs> for our, our most uh, our most famous one is for friends. We say, oh no, we're gonna save that for Shut Up Gunther. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, one of the things I'm doing, uh, just because of the whole thesis of my show, is that that films mean something, and uh, and so I'm asking everybody, um, what one, what's your favorite movie, and two, why? Uh, well, you know, I this may sound cliche or something, <laughs> but I I love The Dark Knight. Oh, of course. Uh, it, I don't know, I I really enjoy it. I think it's it's very it's well structured. It, uh, I love the, the the Joker's portrayal. It's so different from what was in the comics at the time, and even yeah. from Jack Nicholson's iconic portrayal from yeah. from the that first Batman film. Uh, and everything about it felt really fresh and exciting. Um, there was a lot of I liked uh, the ideological stuff, the the philosophical things. You know, well, that's that's yeah. one of the great things about that film is that it is bringing in all these questions of light versus dark, and it yeah. and it answers those questions in such a powerful and meaningful and direct way. I mean, you can't get any more direct than dealing with superheroes. Yeah, but it but it is being interesting about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's uh, I think that, I mean probably the only Batman film that where where Bruce Wayne actually says maybe I. Should stop. Yeah, and that's that's just shocking. Yeah, that's like Bruce Wayne saying, you know, maybe I could stop being Batman, and maybe someone else can do what I should, what I'm trying to do. But not yeah. only that, with Heath Ledger's performance, it's a type of thing where it's the only super major villain like that where you can go. Sometimes he's got a point. Yeah. Sometimes he's got <laughs> like he's nuts, but sometimes he's got a point. Yeah. <laughs> It's really yeah, and the I mean even the the two face is a little off because it's a it's the burn seems a little weird, like you know you fall into oil yeah. and only half your face gets burned. Well, sure, it, but it works. I think it I think it 
Yeah, that's a good film. And it's such a shame, like, I don't like Dark Knight Rises. And it's such a shame to me that it's like you follow up such a good film with such, like, a sequel that really doesn't deliver in any way that the that, that one does. Yeah, I I don't hate Dark Knight Rises. Like, I obviously don't think it's as good as the first two. I just rewatched Batman Begins the other day, and I think that one is so underrated. That movie's amazing. But yeah, Dark Knight Rises, I think it's got some solid things, but it's just, it's got too many holes and problems. And it's like, there's yeah. so much, there's a lot of good stuff there, but it just doesn't come together, which is I, unfortunate. Yeah, I really have to, like, I applaud them for doing Bane. Yeah. And for doing the classic storyline of breaking Batman's back. Like yeah. that's and that scene is wonderful when he when he's fighting Batman, you know, he crushes the mask and then he breaks him over his knee, like just like in the comics. So you could you could line it up one to one and it's like it's your <laughs> it's your dream coming true. Uh, but yeah, that's a that's yeah, it just doesn't add up. Yeah, so are you big in the, the like superhero movies, comic books? Yes. Can't have a co- show called Nerds I View without I, doing that. Yeah, I know. But I mean it even goes in to, um, like, the crazy thing, I didn't even, uh, when Scott Pilgrim came out, I hadn't even read the books when I watched the film. Yeah. And then, but the, the comics were so much better. Like, it's a, it's a, comics in a way of translating to, to movies, I think they're, they're hit and miss. Yeah, well it is, it does feel so natural to do that because comics are the other visual medium, like, storytelling in a visual medium, and especially, I mean, um, especially the first I'd say like the first act of Scott Pilgrim mm. is almost one to one with the comic book, oh, yes. which is great, and uh, and it does stray away a little bit. But I mean, that is I think that's why we're seeing a rise in comic book movies mm. because it is a story that works. And it, the reason that Marvel can make it work so well is you know novels you have to use different parts of your brain to make no, you know for novels give you a different wholly different experience in movies, and comic books still do kind of, but not as much because you're still interacting with the visual medium with with relying on dialogue to tell your story and and uh, but yeah it's a cool thing to see yeah and I still like but I mean I still even like like whatever you would call an indie film like something that's not based on anything oh absolutely something that's just completely off the wall yeah um, it's not really an indie film but like I used to really really love um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind of course I mean used to yeah I, I've you know I've come around to some of its problems but I still I really love the basic idea of it that the, by the end of this film, these two people they know they know all the problems. They they it's it's documented in their brainwaves or whatever. Yeah. And yet they'll still go through the mistakes, and that to me is so very human. It's 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 almost beautiful because it's so stupid. It's in well, no, I think it's incredible, and I think it is an incredible. I mean, that movie. I I'm I'm in love with that film, yeah. and that that last line of just saying just okay, like ah, uh, it means so much to me. Uh, just the idea. Yeah, that these no, and I even can love like overcome those problems. Um, like uh, in the memories when when she says meet me in Montauk. Yeah, like, that's so that that seeping in through his brain, coming like somehow bringing them together again. Like, yeah, that's so cool. Like that's such a cool. Uh, like I love I love like dream sequences in films when they're done well. <laughs> and that's that's basically yeah. Charlie Kaufman's whole oh. body of work is every movie is a dream so sequence. Great. Yeah, <laughs> I mean adaptation is if you realize that there's no Donald Kaufman and that that's a dream. Anyways, he's got a crazy body of work. I even think at the Oscar. 
Oscars that year, they even did like an in memoriam for him as did if they? he was a real person. Really? Yeah, I didn't know sure. that. I gotta look at it because sure. I know it's at the end of the credits for adaptation. Yeah. It says in memory of Donald Kaufman. Yeah. That's amazing. They kept that running. That's amazing. All right. Well, it was great talking to you, yes. Andrew. Um, I hope to hear more of you in the future. Thank so uh, again, what's your shows and how pe- can people find them? Uh, so Nerds Eye View, uh, you can find that online nevpodcast.com or on Twitter at nevpodcast. And the other show is uh, Shut Up Leonard, shutupleonard.com uh, or shutuplenpod on Twitter. And those are both part of the Benview Network, which is the network that I run with some friends. And we have a lot of other shows. You should go to benviewnetwork.com and check all those shows out. Sounds great. All right. Well, it was great having you. Enjoy the rest of the fest. Thank you. Fairbanks, I got Fairbanks. Are we recording? I I just started recording. There is a comedy. There's a lot of comedy in Fairbanks, Alaska. Over the last 20 years, they've been bringing pretty good comedians there. A guy by the name of Oh, of course I'm going to forget his name now. And <laughs> well, he's the I'm sure best. I've, I'm sure I know if he, if he's in Alaska, I'm sure I've met him. <laughs> he had a radio show. Oh, hold on. Just just can you can you can you? Uh, we'll just you know. Andy uh, uh, Andy Evans. No Evans. Oh, I know. Hold on. Can oh, you, sh- can you wait a second? No, is, are you, are you, is is this guy in radio? Well, he yeah, they both were. And he's from he's from Fairbanks. Yeah, they and they freaking have... I was friends with his son in middle school. Like I stayed what's over son's at that name? guy Skyler. Skyler. Skyler Evans. Holy, yes. Holy shit. And then yeah. what's what's Evans? No, I, I what's what's and by the way, <sighs> I know him right now. I'm just spacing on it. Uh, I don't Skyler's dad is. Yeah, no, dude. How you know? Oh my goodness! Wow. See, I know Skyler. World. Like I'm here interviewing Todd Glass, and you're talking about the kid that I was friends with in middle school and stayed over at his house. I know, just to show how young I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for it as we talk, man. Because I want to. Oh, but you know what? I feel bad that I'm messing his name up, and I. It's just so like you're spacing, you know. But I know. I know. I just oh, saw I him in Portland. Him and his wife came out to see my show. And um, so they, he has these comedy nights there. They're, you you fly in and one's a place on Wednesday, the other's yeah. at a different place on Thursday. But they're all great because he runs every night. You're not walking into someone that doesn't know how to set up a room for comedy. So it might be like a bar normally, but on Wednesday, once a week, it's comedy. Then you go to another place that might normally be a bar, but it's comedy every Thursday. So it's set up right. There's staging. There's lighting. You know what you're walking into. And there's some... By the way, speaking of cars that start up. By the way, by the way, I don't think I introduced. I'm here with Todd Glass at the uh, LA Podfest. I know, right? Um, I want to think of his name, Evans. I I know. It's it's. Hey, Todd. It's. It's Tony. It's Randy. I feel bad that I don't know his name either. But Fairbanks, uh, Fairbanks is is. It's the, the weirdest first time culture I've ever been ever. to Alaska. It's the weirdest. Like I, I love talking about my hometown because like the culture there is such a weird mishmash of things. Because there's nobody, there's almost nobody in Fairbanks who was born and raised in Fairbanks because Alaska is such a young state. It's such a young place, and there's all this crazy, weird, like melting pot of a culture there. And it's, uh, yeah, I liked it. No, it's great. And the, and the places were weird because it's like you'd put it was snowing. And it was, you know, really magical for me. You're from there. But, like, it was snowing like crazy. Like, like snow like you think when you're little it's snow. Oh, I heard you talking over there about the winners of... Uh, well, and, and I'm like, oh, you you, you want to say your winners are bad? Yeah, okay. Go to Alaska. Okay, okay. Yeah, but people are me. used to it there because, like, they'll... Well, outdoor survival was a required class in my high school. Like, learning how to build a snow cave and sleep in it and, like, being able to survive an avalanche. Like, that's stuff that I had to learn in high school to graduate. 
I like it. I also crazy. still can't believe you it's know crazy. Skyler. <laughs> um, Small, I know, like, who would have thought that I'm I'm interviewing somebody at a podcast festival and he just happens to know a, a kid yeah. that I was friends with in middle school. They had a dog <laughs> that was so obedient. Not that that matters. Anyway, <laughs> well, you know what's so funny? I, I ate dinner over uh, their house once, and uh, the, it was so good. I kept talking about how good it was. And... Um, so she felt so bad because it was, I guess, because it was such a simple recipe. So, but I was like, this is the, she goes, I got to tell you what the recipe is. So you just take any fish, right? And you take Doritos and you crunch them up yeah. on the top of the fish. So it's pretty simple. Now, once it's baked, you, it's crunchy and it's moist. And it's like, so I'm like, holy shit, are you kidding me? That's so easy to do. So I got home and I brought frozen fish and I just crunched Doritos up on top of it. Well, Alaskan fish is the best. Like, you can't, you can't get salmon better than Alaska. I can't believe you don't know the... Oh, you're not a comedian. No, I'm not. Actually, I know. I'm kind of a... I'm coming into this podcast festival because I've got a brand new podcast trying to make connections, but I'm not What's I'm not a funny What's the name of your guy. podcast? So I, this is... Uh, you're on with This Is Not A Film. We're uh, talking about films about... Uh, you know the meaning and themes of films. It's not about whether a movie's good or bad. And and everybody I'm bringing on today, I'm asking them. I'm gonna so let you lead. See now over those interviews because I didn't really give a shit about that. <laughs> I was sort of taking charge and everything. But see now we have a mutual friend. We we know that Skyler. Exactly, shut up. Skyler's the best. Um, but, uh, but I haven't I, talked to him in a couple of years, but he's the great. <laughs> and fix and fix the crack on your computer. Oh, I know. Well, so unprofessional. I I spent all my money trying to get tickets here. So <laughs> you did. You did, and I respect you for that. You came. Did you get a room? here at the hotel no i did I'm, i live in california now oh so, you live you know, in california bus now. over here okay but uh what i'm asking everybody today is okay. uh two questions what's your favorite movie mm -hmm. and why wow because what's your favorite movie that's not what i'm really worried about because any movie can be justified as your favorite but but i got this theory that the reason people latch on to different movies is because it says something to them so what's a movie, maybe even not your favorite, but what's a movie that really speaks and, to you? And by the way, something? when you say it says something to them, I think so often like stand-up, that could confuse saying something in a deep way. It could have touched them in a saying something to them in a silly way. Yeah. Or But if it meant something to their life, if it meant something personal, if it's something that um I mean, I was just talking to uh, Mark here from Succotash and he was talking about his favorite movies of Mad 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 World because it's a bunch of comedians coming together and that's what he does on his podcast. He highlights comedy shows, he highlights Mark comedy. Who? Uh the I can't remember his last name because I'm a terrible person. I knew that's why I was going to embarrass you. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I knew. <laughs> um, I don't remember either. Um, well, now I'm really trying to think of it, and I wish it was a more deep movie. But like that's why I was doing the prefacing up front. I'm trying to think like if I, I mean, it's hard to say one, but I guess when a movie tapped into my sense of humor, maybe I, maybe I own this. I was doing a college show. And uh, it was speaking of speaking of snow, it, it was a really bad snowstorm, and I had to stay there for the weekend. So some of the students, and at the time I was probably thirty-five, you know, and they were graduate students, I think, and they were probably you know what twenty-two, and they're like, hey, we're gonna watch. Uh, um, can you believe it? Just because I'm, I'm, you know. I'm sitting no, no, on the no, edge no, of my no, seat. You no, keep it's the cops saying... about the cops. And and by the way, it doesn't. Rep everyone can make the joke. Oh, how much do you really like it? I'm just, you know, I'm, there's a lot of excitement going here at this podcast studio. There's a <laughs> lot. on names. Yeah, just blanking on a name. But uh, movie uh, about cops. Yeah, well, yeah. Were, yeah were there's they, only were like they, one or no. Were they were they the the uh, the um, broken lizard guys? 
Super Troopers. Super Troopers. Oh, there you go. So we went back and we Super watched Super Troopers, Troopers yeah. and I got to tell you, and I will sell that I sh that why I think I'm still right. <laughs> what a great movie, comedic movie. Yeah, uh, I've only I loved seen it, it once, but I, I loved it. I loved it. I went back <laughs> and I didn't know what to expect, and we watched it in you know one of their homes, and there was like since there was the snowstorm, we all like I think there was probably like ten of us, and it was so. It it just was my sense of humor, and to me, what that was was they took those characters, those guys, and I think the same thing with Beer Fest. They did it with I love Beer Fest. I know they I know there's a few other movies, but absolutely, I think they're working on a Club second Dread. Super I think it was Club Dread one of them. Super yeah. Troopers too. By the way, don't forget to remind me. <laughs> right, right, right. They're all, they're all, they're all great. They know what to they're me. doing. Even they're, even the one that you say isn't the greatest is still great. Yeah. And um, but Super Troopers, it was just. And by the way, speaking of Super Troopers two, remind me. I'll tell you what I proposed to them because they were on my podcast and oh, right I want to be in Super Troopers two. But I, but I, I gave them an easy way to put me in it. But I'll tell you that second. So. I just think it was like they figure out their characters in yeah. those movies, and it's not a comedic or or a serious movie or drama. You gotta get, you can't just be vampid characters. Yeah, they fucking figure out those characters. Is it Farva, the guy that walks around shaking the peanuts? I get the party, you know. Yeah, that guy exists. He's like so always looking around. What? It's so yeah, yeah. They're so real, like, and they're over the top, and they're relatable, and you know that guy. Yeah, you and know even that if it's, guy. And even if it's, I mean, that's that's so important. No matter what type of movie you're doing, no matter like, what it's type easy. Of movie. It's easy to make some farce that's about nobody, but you you put in those those little character traits. You layer that in, and and all of a sudden you've got somebody's like, oh my gosh, I I could run to this guy at the supermarket, and like I know this guy. Like this is yeah. They're, I they're, use that as an example because coming from a small town, like you know everybody you see at the grocery store, but. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're just they're they're they are they're great characters, yeah. and also I think what spoke to me now that I think about it, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, like if they smoke pop, they smoke seven days a week. They don't really get high. <laughs> they're just they're constantly high. It's not like it affects them in a yeah. giggly way. Well, but those kids in the car, and the way that that was like, oh, that's how so I get good. high. <laughs> like their their conversation was freaking me out because I was aware of it. Like, hey, the government, like if you live on the beach, like the, is the pavement the government's property? Like conversations about nothing. So I just love that movie, and and I just remember thinking, oh, it was so good. And we watched it, and then we watched it again. Literally, when it was over, we turned just it on started again. over again. We started was over it better again. the second time? It was just as good. It was just <laughs> as good. And I probably watched it since then about. 15, 20 times. Oh, wow. And there's other movies. Is it one of those movies that you could just, you know, quote endlessly? That well, I'm not. You know, the funny <laughs> thing is, no, because I'm not that good at... I'm not that type that sees a movie and can quote and it. And memorizes no, every single dialogue. But I know, but I know them, but I know it. But each time I watch it, I forget about certain scenes, which is always well, amazing. Well, that's the best. That's the best when you, like... When when you've seen a movie and you love it, but you don't remember it entirely, and since it's your style of humor... <laughs> um, you just keep... You, you keep getting... I, I'm, you know, people need those, those, uh, emergency. This is great to have recorded on a podcast. You just do this every single time you're interviewing for somebody. You're just, I'm going to do weird things and dump stuff down my shirt and it, it'll be great content for them, but, uh, it's sure entertaining me. Well, tell I'm your sorry, listeners, <laughs> there were four bowls of candy. And as I was talking to you, no, I it tried wasn't to, just like, candy. It was candy batteries. and emergency and batteries and, and everything that a festival needs. 
And uh, now you look like you have a really deformed baby. You look like you're about to give birth to Let me eraser go back. head. I want to give you an interview. So anyway, but I have a so the uh, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm also in problem with doing a bit like that. I'm also very organized. So now I want to like I want to clean put up, it all back. But, but I won't. Yeah, I want to put it all back. In its, <laughs> right in its own. Not in my not put it back, but like in the right bowls. I wanna Absolutely. Put, I want to put the five hour energy where it belongs in the Hershey's bars. So anyway, when those guys did my podcast, I was like. He goes, you got to put, I still think this is a good idea. I said um, to Steve Lemmy, I said, here's what you can do. Put me in Super Troopers too. Mm -hmm. All I want you to do, put me in the credits. <laughs> and almost like when the credits roll, have me on one half. And I promise I will keep the majority of the people in that theater. And here's what I was going to say. So picture you're watching Super Troopers, the credits start rolling, and it's me going, hey, everybody, I'm a friend of, uh, you know, Broken Lizard and... I said they didn't really have a big part for me in the movie, and I said that's okay. Just put me in the credits. Well, obviously, that's is what ha this is what's happening. <laughs> now you might think, what's the big deal about being in the credits? Well, look. First of all, let me say one thing very clear to the audience. There's people that have babysitters. I get it. You're not going to offend me if you have to leave. I get it. Don't don't <laughs> boo people when they leave. But I did make a bet that I could keep the majority of the people in their seats while the credits roll. So, if you don't have to leave, I'd rather you didn't. Okay, but if people have to leave, don't be rude to them. I go, you might think, oh, what's the big deal about rolling during the credits? What's, was that a big honor? Oh, you don't think it is? I go, watch what I can do. Stop the credits. <laughs> I go, oh, look at this person. I circle them, and I go, look at that. Imagine if they're here at the premiere, and I say the name. They do whatever I want during the credits. So that's my... I'll go they see said they movie. might let me do it. That but sounds great. I haven't heard from them, and I don't know if they're shooting it. If I found out they shoot it and they didn't let me do it, <laughs> and they didn't put you on. Anyway, so send this to them. <laughs> sounds good. Yeah, Super Troopers. That's a movie I saw once at like midnight, and then never really paid a second thought to. But I'm I'm going to now. I'm going to well, go back and rewatch it. And uh, that see what and it is. Uh, you know what else is a great movie? Um, Meatballs Four. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Well, uh, that's uh, quite the recommendation. I'm, I'm sure that's at the top of every critic's list, like right up there with Citizen Kane is Thank you. Meatballs I'm gonna, 4. I'm going to try to really answer your questions like seriously. Like I'm going to be a good good interviewer. Like, <laughs> good. You're, what's your next question? Let me, uh, really, let me listen. Uh, you know, that's that's kind of what I've been that's using. That's it? I'm, I'm keeping uh, like 10 minutes I got nowhere to go. I got 20 I know, minutes I'm to sorry. kill. You Help wanna, me. You want to be on here for a half an hour? Okay. Everybody, you know what? I Everybody else All wants right. you. I'm just getting Thank favorite you. movies. Thank you, though. And it was great to... Uh, Great. Right? By the way, I gotta tell somebody. you the truth. You really tricked me with the Alaska thing. It ends up you're from Studio City, and that's fucking bullshit. I know what you're doing. I know. Come no, on, I man. sat down. I know the you're from Alaska. We had a I'm I knew the kid's name. You, you like, couldn't remember yeah. his name, but I was like Skylar Evans, say, and you're like, oh my god. I say, where are you Skyler from? You're from Alaska, and I'm like, oh, the kid's from Alaska. I'm Let's from fucking Alaska. You want to see? Oh, I live in Rancho Cucamonga. No, no joke. I got my old ID here. With a lot of buttons on your hat. No, I don't have my old ID in there. <laughs> it was great having you, man. Thanks. Have a good one. Oh I'm sorry. God, I just no noticed your earrings, I and I like I literally <laughs> just noticed that. I made these. See, that was uh, I just rewatched through that show because my girlfriend had never seen first it. It was like this is the first, first rule of being Firefly? in a relationship with me. First time I watched Firefly, I did not like it. I vehemently see. I just showed her. It. What was it? Thursday was watching Serenity, and uh, I don't think she's will ever recover. <laughs> In a good way? Well, from, I mean, the type of person who gets really into characters oh, so and affected by their loss. And she's yeah. like, I could never watch that again. I can't go through that again. <laughs> you know what? That's how I feel about a couple episodes of Buffy. 
there's there are a few movies and television shows that I actually watch with that expectation going this is going to make me this is going to drain me yeah I am going to be depleted everything is going to be I'm going to be exhausted after watching this film it's like watching through True Detective or something I haven't watched it yet okay it's great but it is exhausting I watched the first episode and I went oh Jesus, I'm halfway through the wire. I I don't know. I need to recharge my batteries. Jesus. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think I'm going to have to watch, like, 8,000 hours of Sesame Street to counteract how <laughs> You know what I mean? Just be like, uh-huh, I'm feeling better. So I suppose I should okay. give a proper introduction. I am talking no. to Why do that? Julia. And I already forgot your last name. Julia. But you have to add the WD, and I'll tell you why. WD. WD Harrison. And Julia WD Harrison. There is a Julia Harrison who is a... <laughs> one who is an artist who does a lot of vagina work. Oh. All of her paintings... And sculptures, all vaginas. (laughs) So, and that's one of the first things you see. And then it comes up with images and you see vaginas. I'm like, not me. Not me. What? See, whenever I write my name, I put my middle middle initial of W in there. But I found W is just too hard of a letter to say. So when I'm introducing myself, it's always just David Spencer. But like all my Twitter and stuff, it's David David W. W. Spencer. But it's Plus also W is a cool letter. Wait, listen to this. I bet uh, like Sarah Michelle Geller or so and so something something. You know, I'm sure at one point they had to, you know, keep saying it. Because I mean, it's true. It's clunky, but it you you are used to saying true. It, you know, uh, I don't know. There's just some of them. You know, George W. Bush. The thing is, you're going to say the W. Yeah. You gotta. Yeah. And it's just, I, I don't know, it's just or funny. Or just the W, not anything else like that. Well, and that's the thing. I've had <laughs> That's some, my other fear, is people just being like, yeah, w. that's W. Okay, that's... No, not, not quite. You know, it'd be okay if they said W, at least. You know, but if they go W, you know, yeah. you're in trouble. <laughs> that's, bad. that's bad news. So, what I'm doing with everybody I'm bringing on today, because the whole... You know, thesis of this podcast is that films mean something. I see you playing with my cards right I'm, there. I'm trying to organize some. You need multiple fans, not one big fan. You need baby fans all over. There you go. That's, um, and that's how you do it. So what I'm asking everybody is, what's your favorite movie and why? Okay, we were talking about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, one of my favorite movies, I've got, I love the movies I love. I will watch. Many, many times. And there's a lot of good movies out there. And I can name you several. One of my favorites, though, is All About Eve. Um, if you want to talk drama. One of my favorite musical comedies, Singing in the Rain. I oh. love, the thing is, I, what I love about old movies, or older movies, mm-hmm. uh, the fact that they were still dealing with limitations with equipment, yeah. location, costuming, makeup, especially in black and white. It's yeah. All About Eve. So you have to be that much better of a storyteller to get over the fact that the weird you know there's a scene where they're all driving in the car and you know Betty Davis is all smushed in there with her giant coat you know with the cigarette thing and in the background of the car the rear view you see just that shaky background or there's a crew moving the car while they drive you know we're just steering wild and willy nilly and if you drove like that in real life you would die but 
the story and the acting had to be so good it overcame all those weird oh absolutely well we're gonna do rope on our show in just a little bit and that's a movie that he tried to alfred hitchcock tried to shoot that in one continuous take but the technology wasn't there a film would camera would run out of film after eight minutes so he's he hides yeah so what he does is he hides the cuts the the camera pushes into an object and then pulls out and he hides the cut right there so you it looks like one continuous take it's it's brilliant but it's it's having to work with the posit this question to you and i know you have a love of old cinema do you think part of it is maybe i feel the same way that you love certain older movies because of things like that people overcoming crazy odds to succeed in what oh, they, their vision to create their vision absolutely i mean yeah. There's so many of those, uh, so many of those older movies that just have the craziest stories of what they had to go through to pull that. Out. I mean, you go back to even oh, like Jaws. Oh, what they had to do to make why? Okay, Jaws would not have been as great of a movie if the shark worked. If it oh. if it had worked properly, Absolutely. I bet the movie would have been way less scary. But it's those behind the scenes things that create magic. And well, no, they talked something. about half the time the shark wouldn't work, so they used a lot of trickery to try and yeah to show. Sure, the yeah. sharks there. I can tell because of the the Jaws music's playing again, and you know that's so important that they can overcome those odds and maybe create a new way of storytelling. Absolutely. So. so go Going back to all about Eve, though, like keep what me is on some track. Of this? I I am like knee deep in a brownie, uh, so I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. But what what is it in that that movie that really speaks to you personally? One of my favorite things is there's a couple little bits. Mm-hmm. One of them is there's I think it's one of Marilyn Monroe's first movies. Yeah. I'd have to IMDb that. I don't remember what was her first movie, but I think it might have been that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it did win Best Picture 1950, yep. right? So you're talking 1950, and then what they're telling the story they told is basically you've got Eve Harrington who's adores. You know, and I, I, Betty Davis is just so grand, and there's no other way to say it. She was just one of those, like... She had an incredible presence to her. It's just, she, apparently she was a super bitch. I believe it, but she, she used it, just like Joan Rivers. Super bitch, <laughs> but man, she made it work, and she made it do Absolutely. It. So, um... Betty Davis is this this storm, this amazing thing to be to behold. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting no, mad I, because I was talking to Libson guy and I'm switching over to Libson. He didn't give I me lo- a shirt. <gasps> I'm gonna go Lib- back and talk to him. Say, hey, where's my shirt? Ooh. Okay. I love Libson, by the way. When you're as suave as I am. Yeah. How do you give free shirts? Can I go over there and be like, to say you've got a. You do not want to know what I did to get this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry, I digress. Going back to All About Eve. Oh, shit. But this story, I love that it's, there always is going to be a story, whether it was kings and queens, movie stars, the young replacing the older. Yeah. The new taking over, whether it's technology, people, somebody succeeding you, someone being better than you, or someone just trying to do what you're doing. And that's the thing. Eve wanted to be better and more successful. She, but it was the original single white female. She started wanting to be 
the star so much that she went, I don't know how to do it myself. I'm going to take over what you have. Yeah. I'm not going to carve my own way. I don't want to do that. I don't want to work hard. It's all this scheming and everything else. But I don't know. It's just, it's so (laughs) subtle. It's one of those you don't realize it's happening until all of a sudden, whoa, whoa, she just, it's, that's how real crazy people are or abusive relationships. That's how they start. It's a little bit here, a little bit there. And the next thing you know, you're like, whoa, we just made a crazy blanket and you're boiling rabbits. What's, you know, it's fatal attraction. Yeah, absolutely. It's okay. This is, this is innocent. And then all of a sudden it's this storm. I don't know. It's just such a great story. It, it, you can you feel for both characters so much because that because you do feel for that dream, but it's it, it's great because it's it's approaching the question of like falling in your dreams, but at the same time, what happens when you lose those dreams? And it's, what do you and love about it? Like what what do you think spoke to you more than that? Like what do you think was the you first know it's thing honestly you been a while since I've I've only seen the movie once and it's been a little oh, while yeah. since then. It's, it's been a while since I've seen it, honestly, to be honest. Uh, I had no time from last night to today to rewatch it, although I want to. But but it is it is that I mean it is tackling so many things about show business and about the idea of fame, the idea of being somebody. Welcome to Los Angeles. And, oh yeah, exactly, and that's everywhere. Everybody everybody is Eve and everybody is Betty Davis. Like everybody is on their way in and on their way out. Like it's just a constant constant thing out here. It's it's such a strange thing. You did you touched on something I don't think I realized was that everybody is kind of both characters and also has a fear of being both, which is why I think you secretly are you don't know when you when you're watching a team that you don't care who you know, or a game that you don't care who's playing specifically. Yeah. But you know, I have no dog in this fight, but I also kind of want to root for both. Each of them has, you know, this player that I care about their story, and and that's it. Oh my god, <laughs> it's so it's it's very distracting in here. The, oh, I know. There's the so Squarespace much. Squarespace Lab is amazing, but it is super distracting. I know. Like, you get. Oh, I can't. I there's been a couple of things you said that I didn't hear. To be perfectly I, honest, so I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. One wonderful. I'm I'm gonna add to the conversation that I can't hear. This is great. I need to get I I need my headphones. <laughs> well, it was great talking to you, Julia. Oh my God, and you are wonderful. We are going to get in touch. Oh, this isn't and gonna actually, be the last of you. I'm no, I'm sure. We of need it. to have a proper situation. It's gonna happen. But follow me if you're in the Los Angeles area because I do stand up. Um, Julia W D Harrison for everything. W D at Julia Harrison. W D Harrison. Instagram, Twitter, all. Stuff. Um, WD-40? I'm sure you've heard that the joke. The heir to the spray oil fortune. Paul F. Tompkins said that, <laughs> and that's why I, that was part of how I kept it, because I'm like, I need to change something about my name to make it unique. And after he said that, I went, I'm keeping it. Thank you. Uh, like, it made it special. Absolutely. So. All right. Well, great having you again. Enjoy the rest of the fest. So 
that was the LA Podfest. It was uh, definitely a wonderful experience, and uh, hopefully I'll get to go again next year, and we'll release that episode in a timely fashion. Uh, if you want to go ahead, you can f- look for more of our episodes on iTunes or follow our Facebook page. This is not a film. Follow us on Twitter at this is not a film. You can follow me personally. I am at David W. Spencer on Twitter or on Letterboxd at David W. Spencer, where I have different lists and notes pertaining to this show. You can email us, tinafpodcast at gmail.com, tinaf as in this is not a film. Send us your thoughts, your opinions, your movie recommendations, suggestions for future episodes, and uh, write us a review on iTunes. That is definitely the best way to get new listeners and to uh, spread the word about the podcast. And uh, if you like the show, tell your friends, tell people, and uh, we'll keep growing our audience. And next week, we are going to be discussing That Thing You Do, talking about the Tom Hanks written and directed film about the uh, 60s one-hit wonder band. That's going to be a really fun episode. And then after that, we're going to be talking about Heathers, the 1980s film. If you've never seen Heathers, don't read anything about it. Just go and watch it blind. It's a great, great movie. It's on Netflix right now, and that's going to be a really, really fun conversation. So yeah, that thing you do, and then Heathers. Again, thank you all so much for listening, and have a good one. I am here with Paige Branson and J.D. Jackson from 7th Level Access. No? Whoa! What did I say wrong? It's Level 7 Access. Level 7 Access. Uh-huh. That's what I said. You said 7th Level. 7th Level. Ah, piss. Okay, I'm going to try that again. All right. <laughs>